time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. Welcome back to The Right Conversations, friends. Today, we are having a conversation about the connection between creativity and eroticism. And I am so excited for you to meet our guest today. Sam, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Oh, same, same. So for anybody who doesn't know you, will you give a little bit of background of who you are and why you're here today? Yeah, so I originally created the like online polyam help <laughs> line, I guess, yeah. called Shrimp Teeth. Um, and pretty much we just work with folks who are in all sorts of alternative dating structures to just help them, you know, have better, more meaningful relationships. And of course, we touch on all things sexuality, sex positivity, kink and eroticism, which I'm really excited to talk to you about today. Oh, I'm thrilled. How okay, before we dive into this topic, your Instagram account I know has helped so many people. I have had clients send posts of yours to me and be like, this made me think of what we were doing in our work. And I've had friends and family members not even knowing send things to me. How did you get started doing that? Um, first of all, I'm really flattered. That's really sweet. Um, second, <laughs> it's true. You know, <laughs> I always blush when people give me these kinds of compliments. Um, But to answer your question, you know, I didn't really set out to do this work, which I think is kind of funny. Um, But I essentially was working at a corporate job in advertising, decided that wasn't for me. And while I was gigging, I pretty much just started um, documenting drawing and writing about my experience that was happening at the same time of opening my relationship with my platonic now ex-husband. And yeah, I guess a lot of people resonated. You know, even in the past few years, I've seen the conversation around polyamory change so much um, that it's kind of incredible (laughs) to see how far we've come. Uh, But yeah, I guess in the beginning, I was completely new to this. And so people were learning alongside me, which I thought was really lovely. So cool. So cool. I love it. I love it. Okay. So we only have a short amount of time together today. So I want to dive right in. The connection between creativity and eroticism. Where do you want to even start with this? Yeah. So uh, I guess like part of this whole journey as I've been developing shrimp teeth, obviously we mostly focus on polyamory and ethical non-monogamy, but the whole other side and my real passion that I found in this work is writing erotica and talking to people about like kink and alternative sex practices. Um, And I'm also an artist. So I think I've kind of noticed how there's just like such an overlap between, you know, the like titillating 
hot, sexy aspect of sexuality and, you know, our own artistic expressions. And it's just something I'm really passionate about and love talking to folks about. But yeah, I don't want to hear what your thoughts are also before we dive too far in. <laughs> you know, I, oh man, as a ex, not, well, not ex, as a theater kid, uh, I, you know, creativity for me has always been linked with eroticism. Like, yeah. <sighs> For me, they go hand in hand in the way of if my creativity feels high, my capacity for eroticism feels high. Mm -hmm. And if my creativity tank feels low, often my eroticism will feel low. Um, and so for me, they're very much linked and like a rising tide lifts all ships type thing where one goes up, the other follows. Um, and I know for some that's probably not the case. Uh, mm -hmm. But for me, when when I'm tapped in, when I feel that creative energy, it translates over into everything else. Yeah, absolutely. I'm 100% aligned with you. <laughs> you know, the way I really like to talk to people about this is sort of similar to eating. I think it's a little bit less of a touchy topic, but you know, like most of us are eating three meals a day and mm -hmm. you really do have a lot of choice in terms of how you go about doing that, right? You can just feed yourself to get the calories that you need and kind of move on with your day. You can similarly just kind of have the same routine sex or masturbation or whatever it is to just get you off. But then there's the flip side of that where you really are taking a lot more deliberate time and attention to sort of create this whole experience, right? You can cook a meal from scratch. You can, you know, grow your own ingredients, all that yeah. stuff. And I feel like eroticism sort of plays into the more, yeah, like deliberate aspect of sexuality, right? It's not to say that you have to really read erotica, watch like high, beautiful porn um, in order to get off every single time, but just knowing that that is an option and knowing that that is something that can really enhance your own experience of intimacy, both with yourself and with your partners is something I'm really passionate about um, discussing with other people. I love that. So how, if somebody isn't, I'm trying to think about someone listening to this and mm -hmm. thinking, okay, Sam, cool. I, I don't feel in touch with my erotic part and I don't feel in touch with my creative part. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts, recommendations, ideas, like where can someone begin if they feel that disconnect? Absolutely. And I think this is where, again, it really comes back to the creativity aspect of this. If you're thinking about it in terms of art, like obviously if you were interested in say starting ceramics, probably the first thing that you would do is, you know, go to a pottery shop and look at mm -hmm. some pieces that other folks have made. So it's really about intaking inspiration. And that's where, you know, really fantastic websites, like the ones I work with, Lustery, it's like homemade with real couples you can actually like really enjoy the 
like visuals of sexuality without the icky feeling of what we typically associate with tube sites. Um, so that can be a really good outlet. You know, I've also written a lot of erotica and done audio recordings um, for Aurora and other <laughs> folks. And so I think just like your first step into this world, if you're interested in pursuing the erotic side of sexuality, is really to just start digging into all of this fabulous media that exists to get inspiration. And then just like I said, you know, if you wanted to take a ceramics class, you would start by looking at other people's work. Then, you know, there's obviously the practice of it. Like you kind of have to get your hands dirty if you want to try this, right? Like pull out your camera, pull out your pen and paper, start writing your own erotica, see how that feels. And I think um, just by, again, like continuous practice and really honing in on the craft, it becomes a lot more integrated into your sexuality. So whether that's just like an activity that you're doing by yourself, or if it's something that you're involving your partners with, I think it can just become a lot more of a transcending experience. Does that make sense? I'm curious what your thoughts yeah, are. Yeah, no, totally. I, I, I'm curious where, how you started figuring out that these two things were linked for you. Yeah. And I think it goes back a little bit to, I mean, there's two answers. There's the personal side and then there's the professional side, right? I'm just a very sexually curious person. Um, yeah, so I did start watching porn really young. And obviously at that time, you know, when I was 14, 15, I wasn't really having conversations about ethical porn. So I took a yeah, lot of, of course digging, not. <laughs> right? To find, it took a lot of digging to find things that didn't make me feel yucky because that was a lot of the content on tube sites. And yeah. I think over the years, I've sort of learned like, oh, wow, there is some really beautiful cinematic um, porn mm. out there. And I love consuming this kind of media. And then on the professional side, again, I'm just like a yes man. <laughs> when people give me opportunities, I kind of jump on it. So when someone was like, hey, do you want to write erotica for me? I was like, absolutely. Keep in mind, I have never done this, but I'm willing to try for you, um, which was such a fun experience. And again, just through that practice, it's really become such a fabulous part of my life. So I think it is you know about giving yourself permission as much as it is about like honing in your craft <laughs> yeah okay so something that i know has come up with humans that i've worked with or even like mm -hmm. questions i'll get on amas on instagram is like okay yeah that sounds wonderful but how do mm -hmm. i get over the fact that i may be bad at this or how do yeah. I get over the fact that this may feel awkward, right? You know, like that hump of Absolutely. as adults, we totally want to feel like we're the fucking expert at everything and doing something where we're not like I went paintballing yes. yesterday for <laughs> one of my partner's birthdays. And I am not anyone who's listening to this, who's like known me my whole life will be like, she went, what? Like, I am so <laughs> not the the archetype of the person who paintballs, but I love feeling like an idiot with my partner. Like I, I love being the dumbest person in the room because I, mm. that's when I grow the most. But I was not always like that. It used to cause a lot of anxiety. And so I'm curious in, in your experience, how did you get over that hump or how have you seen people work past that? Yeah, it's such a good question because you're right. Like there's two things that are at play right there's this desire to compare yourself with people who are already great and who have been doing this all the time right there's the comparison that's inevitable 
And on top of that, there's the sexual shame component. And I think when you're mixing the two, you know, as you said, super cool, Sam, love the ideas, but I just am still blocked. I'm like, what first steps to take? Um, I think it is really about just like being able to give yourself space to have those private moments, right? Mm. Like understanding Mm. that you don't need to share any of this with anybody until you feel good, right? Like you start writing those little stories on pen and paper and just stash them away. I have, I can't even describe to you like the fat stack of papers that I have of just like terrible things I've written. Like there's just, you know, (laughs) super cringe, obviously, just like anybody who's writing erotica for the first time. I'm also super lucky that I have like lovely friends and queer platonic partners who have been alongside me on this journey and who are able to laugh with me. So sometimes it's just about texting them like, oh my God, I'm writing erotica about, you know, period sex. And I feel so fucking uncomfortable about this. Um, (laughs) Can you just like, yeah, tell me what your experience has been like, or can we just laugh about this? Can you just like help, you know, pet me up? I definitely have those like hype men in my phone that I just need to text every so often. But I think Rachel, you know, to answer your question more directly, it really is just the lack of fear of failure, Mm -hmm. right? Understanding that like you Mm -hmm. don't have to be good at this. And what I tell people all the time in my like peer support is that, you know, obviously if you're trying something for the first time, you need to give yourself at least three opportunities before you actually decide whether or not you're going to like it. Because the first two, you're just so uncomfortable doing something brand new that it's really hard to judge whether or not it is actually something that you want to continue pursuing. Um, I I love that. (laughs) That's such a great rule of thumb. Do you generally go by that for other things in your life too? Like if you're trying a new hobby or a new sport or a new anything? Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking about like how, you know, bondage has been something that my partner and I have been trying to explore. Mm -hmm. And I know she's been pretty hesitant about it because again, like compared to other types of BDSM practice, it's really technical, right? Like you need to Mm -hmm. do a lot Mm -hmm. of research, a lot of skill building before Mm -hmm. it becomes actually enjoyable. And so, especially with those types of practices and activities, which are also highly creative and highly erotic, I really just always encourage her to like, keep going. Like, let's try this multiple nights in a row. Let's see, let's take like multiple classes and see where we actually go rather than just being like, oh, this is too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. So for you, how do you figure out where that line is of like, okay, I tried it, Sam, and I don't like Mm -hmm. it versus I'm trying it and I, I'm not, I can't tell. How do you differentiate between that? I know I don't like it and that I just kind of still feel like an idiot. So I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) Absolutely. That's such a good question. And I think it comes with the like self-awareness, you know, when we're talking about eroticism, a lot of times there's like a very major like physical component to it, right? You'll probably Mm -hmm. become aroused, like you'll be turned on. That's kind of the point. And I think when you're reaching a point where you're not aroused and you can't get aroused by the practice that you've chosen, maybe that's when it's time to reevaluate or if you're just not having fun, right? I also believe that there is a 
time and place component to this, right? Sometimes you just haven't met the right partner to practice this with, or you're not in a headspace at this moment in time where writing erotica makes sense for you, but down the road, that could be something you circle back to. So I think it's just giving yourself permission to, you know, decide if you actually want to do this or not. <laughs> I, oh. Sam, this is like, I could talk to you forever. I'm really excited to connect and hopefully collaborate in, in many more ways. Um, if you had to just kind of put a bow on, on this and, and give people one tidbit of advice that you just want to like shout from the rooftops and, and have them here, what, what would that be? Yeah, it's, I think just try it. And, you know, I make it really easy for people to try, like on our website, one of the things that we do for like subscribers and members is we do 365 days of erotica prompts. Um, and I, yeah. And I write little snippets and they're not polished snippets, right? I'm answering them kind of in the same capacity that other people would be like, I'm not writing full, beautifully edited pieces just to show people that like, yeah, this process doesn't have to be perfect, right? Like you can just write two sentences to answer whatever the prompt is. And I think giving people that encouragement of like, you don't have to set the bar unachievably high. You can set the bar where you can just step over it um, pretty easily. I think that's where you start um, sort of branching out into all of these erotic activities, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. And that's, we'll link that in the show notes. I'm, that's so cool. I didn't even know that. I'm like, I'm going to go download this now. immediately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sam, thank you so much. Where can people find you? Where's the best place? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram for now <laughs> at Shrimp Teeth. Um, and you can obviously find me on my website, shrimpteeth.com. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank um, you again. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. Don't get to talk about this quite as much as I would like. So I really appreciate it, Rachel. Hey, anytime, anytime. <laughs> That's all for today, you sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together. <laughs>